1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 33 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with uber photographer Gina Militia. How are you, Gina?
2: I'm great, Val. How are you going? It's been a big week. It's been oh, a like, So much has happened so since much, I last
1: So much. What has happened with you?
2: It's too much. I can't remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I have moved house. So it's oh my been, God. yes, yes, it's, it's, that's huge. Yeah, um, I've recovered from my flu and um, moved house and uh, it was an effort and a half, I tell
2: you. Oh, oh my it, God, moving is so stressful. It is
1: quite stressful, I know. So, um, but, you know, it's settling in now and trying to get back into normal life. Awesome. But we don't have to discuss my moving house. We have some interesting, we have an interesting
2: link, I believe, this week. This is the cutest thing I've seen in such a long time. So, um, this was from Amazing Things. This guy... uh, Interesting, a blog called Amazing Things. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, This guy's wife left him, right? Oh. took everything. Oh. And all she left him with was the dog. Oh. And everything. And so... He decided to do, uh, he felt a bit abandoned. Mm-hmm. Raphael, good name, mm-hmm. um, was feeling pretty abandoned. And and, and uh, so he decided to, so he had nothing in the house, no furniture oh. or anything. So he decided to make um, photos with his dog. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of dog is that? It's like a staffy or do you know what the breed is? I don't
1: know. He kind of looks the a pi- bit.
2: It's like a bull.
1: Yeah, pit. or a boxer. or well, not quite a boxer, like, but.
2: I reckon it's a pit bull, like an albino one, you know, a light one.
1: He's a bull terrier, it says.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Named
1: Jimmy (laughs) Choo.
2: This is the best idea that I can actually see you doing with one of your pets, Val. Yes. I can do this with Gary. So what he's done is he's got the dog and then in front of like a blank wall Mm. and then he draws – and i think he draws it in post mm. but uh decorations around the dog or put it puts it in different scenarios like he's take, he's got the dog uh with antler ant, antlers yes from a reindeer yes he's done, it, he's done uh wings like a a butterfly <laughs> he's done the dog so he's drawn um the shower above it and and the it looks like the dog's scrubbing itself uh, yes Kiss
1: <laughs>
2: being Ray Charles, he's put sunglasses on the dog and he's playing the piano. Yes. Um where's my favorite where like <laughs> they're both lying down together and watching TV? Yes. So he's drawn the TV on <laughs> it's so clever, so, so simple. Cute. This is why I love the internet Valve. Yeah. Because it means that like people like this who have minds like this guy, Raphael,
1: <laughs> um,
2: uh, the world gets to see them because otherwise they'd be introverts living in their own home, entertaining themselves. Yes. Now it gets shared by millions of people. Oh, I love it! It's gorgeous. The barber shot. There's one where he's put uh, foam on the dog's face, shaving then- foam. Shaving foam, and then he's drawn a barber behind him.
1: Yes, it's adorable. We'll put the link in the show notes, but it's a great, um, it's a great idea for a project because last episode we were talking about doing some kind of photographic project, like thirty days of something, or you know, using only a particular size lens to, for 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 a whole series of shots or, or whatever. And this is a great project. Yeah, love it. Yep. Anyway, cute. We we both love dogs, so you know we not surprising um <laughs> that that we like that one but big shout out to uh brian on itunes who has said can't wait for wednesdays he's called it can't wait for wednesdays and given us a five-star rating thank you to brian Bicknell photos and brian has said i started listening around the third episode every week the information that gina shares is so spot on and perfect timing gina and valerie's obvious friendship and rapport make the energy on each episode a ray of sunshine i wish the episodes were longer i would double my commute to work and stay in the car to hear more gina's style of teaching absolutely inspires me i love it thank you so much that's brian. awesome
2: Thank you, Brian. Yeah,
1: that's really made our day. I mean, that's just, couldn't ask for more. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it because it does help us in the in, in, in the rankings and that can um, help us bring more episodes to you. Thank you so much, Brian. But we also have a photo critique. Now, before we move on to the photo critique, I just want to remind people if you would like Gina to critique your photo, uh, do email us at news at militia.com. So news at com, and, you know, maybe a bit of an explanation about where you shot the photo and what you were trying to achieve. That would be mm. great. But um, this week's photo is from Andrew Deagle in New South Wales in Australia. Hello, Andrew. You're probably just up the road from me. And it's a great shot of a woman who is kind of, has a real pin-up girl kind of look. She's got red hair and really red lips and some great makeup. She's got a tattoo on her right you know, the back of her right shoulder. And um, she's wearing like a pin-up girl bustier kind of thing. And it looks like she's being shot sort of underneath some piers, yeah. uh, as in piers going out on the water like a jetty kind of thing. Yep. So, Gina, take it away. All
2: right. Yeah, so you've described the photo so beautifully, Val. I think I'm going to get you to describe all the photos from here on in. It's <laughs> visual. It's not my forte at uh, all. I oh, take yeah. photos and you're the rider. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah andrews uh shot these portraits under a pier which um is my favorite light one of my favorite lights because it's it what happens is under a pier is you've got the 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 sun uh reflects onto the water and back into people's faces so it's a really beautiful quality of light under there and what uh what andrews also done with these shots is I'll I'll uh I'll critique the first shot which is a uh, uh uh kind of an over the shoulder from the back shot she's looking back towards us so you see her shoulders she's standing three quarter and looking back he's shot using uh on his uh 5D Canon 5D mm. Mark 3 he's mm. used a uh Tamron 70 to 200 at uh 100 mil, yep. and uh he's shooting at I think around 2.8. No, I don't think he's put what he's, the focal length, right. the aperture is on that. So and But he's also, uh, and I can see if you can zoom in on the eyes, if you're looking at the shot in the show notes, you can see that there's two... Uh, points of light in the eye so that gives away so if you're ever trying to look at a photo and work out how it was shot that's 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 the way that I work it out you go into the into the eyes zoom right in and uh, the reflection of the of the eyes will tell you mm. um, what sort of light source is used yes. but I, I haven't been that good a detective he's actually told me mm-hmm. so it's actually an umbrella and a, and a soft box so mm-hmm. umbrella light is um, like quite soft and uh, spreads light around a lot, whereas a softbox is a bit more directional. So um, I I think he's done an excellent job in lighting this and and blending it in with the background because the problem with lighting uh, using fill light outside is it can often look like it's overdone and mm. they look dropped in into the into the image. So uh, I th- I think he's done a, a pretty good job. A- a- Andrew, I know, has been. Uh, shooting portraits for about a year and a half now, so um he, he for where he's at he's he's doing a really good job uh the lighting really natural looking uh I like the background choice I really like mm. uh the top image uh th- the three quarter over the back i think it's really strong mm-hmm. and uh and then the other one the second image is uh still under the pier, but she 's leaning up against a wall and uh and not looking to camera she's looking out so i think overall lighting uh uh, and position and everything looks great just to take these now to the next level for andrew uh, a couple of suggestions i'd make and this is just like i think uh the the first portrait the three-quarter from the back shot um There's not a lot I would add to that other than the the one thing, uh, just a small thing that bothers me is uh, there's a crease in the neck from when Mm. she's looking back. And um, it's something that, like, you, you're not going to notice um, straight away. But now that I've pointed it out, it'll be the thing that you look out for. <laughs> but it's something that I was always, was always drummed into me when I was doing all those celebrity portraits. And it was I was never the one that noticed it first. It was always the makeup artist or the stylist that would point it out to me. So now it's like burnt into my brain. So it's the first thing that I see. So you can fix that just by positioning of the head. Either you move her shoulders back a little bit. Or you move her head away, but just to avoid um, that the creasing on the neck, just which happens naturally when you head when you're standing side on to someone and you turn your face back to them. All right. Um, for the second shot. Um, uh, just with the positioning of the eyes, I just think that for this shot, they're just a little bit too, uh, far one way. So they're looking, um, out, uh, camera left and, uh, and I just find that they're just a little bit too strained. So I would have had her, her, uh, eye line a little bit closer to me. And so it looks great when you ask a, a a model to look away from camera, because it just gives that sort of romantic sort of whimsical sort of look. But sometimes if you get them, force them to look too far one way, it can look a bit strange. So that would be just um, a a, a tiny criticism for that, for that shot. And then I might've uh, cropped a little bit lower in the dress uh, just for that, just to, um, yeah. And 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 that's it for those ones. But I think overall, like he's, He's nailed exposure. I love the location. I think the top one um, is an absolute winner. I love the lighting. I love the way that, yeah, he's he's done the whole thing. Well done.
1: And, um, Andrew, I think that just in terms of my two cents from a magazine editorial, (coughs) you know, editor's point of view, I don't know, you know, why you're taking these shots. Um, So it depends on what your actual goal was. But the reason why I sort of said she has that kind of, you know, 1950s pinup girl look is because of the makeup, because of the outfit, you know, this bustier kind of thing, which is mm. really typical of that look. For me, the second shot, the one where um, – so the first shot is, as Gina said, looking over her shoulder, and it's a three-quarter shot. And the second shot, she's leaning up against a one of the – the pier. I don't even know what they're called, bollards, <laughs> the, the things that go in the water. <laughs> and she is looking off into the distance. Um, to me, that shot has a story behind it. That shot has attitude, and she really looks the part. She really, you, you, uh, you you think that um, there's definitely something behind that story. Whereas mm-hmm. the first shot, technically, a beautiful shot. Looks like you photographed your your friend wearing an unusual sort of top. Right. So in terms of, you know, the lighting and all that, I agree 100% with Gina, but it depends on what your goal was. If it was to capture that sort of attitude and to tell a story, then the second one just does it for me. And and the first one is still beautiful, but it looks like a just you know a, a, a pretty girl who's your friend
2: who's wearing an unusual top. It's oh, um, interesting, Val. Inter- interesting that you would say, because now that you say that, I see that, like, you could have the story of, like, you know, you're telling a story story, that's the image that would go with it. I, mm. I see that. It's, it's interesting how we see so so, so many different things in yeah. each, each image. I'm looking straight for the connection and, the you, you know, and you're looking for what can I put a story with.
1: Yeah, what can I put in a magazine sort of thing or which one mm. would I use for the magazine and I would definitely yep. use the second one. Yeah, good input. Mm. Awesome. So uh, that brings us to the topic of this week's episode, which is – awesome, because it kind of ties in even with what we were just been talking about in terms of Andrew's beautiful picture of this girl. And um, Gina has come up with the idea, and when she's told me, I thought, oh my God, yeah, that's awesome. Um, And it's the seven deadly posing sins, because there are so many times that you work with photographers who, you know, I have commissioned many photographers who are technically brilliant, but somehow... You know, some nail it in terms of the posing and being able to direct people and – and sometimes they just don't have that skill, and I'm certainly not a technically fantastic photographer at all. I um, learn as much as I can from Gina, but one thing I, ha- having worked with Gina for you know decades, um, is is you know understanding the little tricks she does to get people to pose um, and and be really naturally in their poses, and they're they're just amazing little hacks, and I love it. So. You know, where do we start, Gina?
2: Seven deadly posing sins. Seven deadly posing sins sins and um how to correct them. Yes, is the of show course. today, Val. So yeah, so you get yourself in a situation where you think you've nailed that awesome shot. So you've got everything going. It's got everything going for it. You've got the exposure, you've found an awesome location, mm. beautiful lighting. An amazing model, mm. but you can ruin the whole thing just by that little the opposing sin. Mm. So let's run through my seven diddly posing sins now, okay. shall we? What's the All first right. One? So <coughs> first one, the, uh, this is the first thing I look at when I look at a portrait. So yes. uh, the first thing, hands. Yeah, your oh, what they're doing with their hands? What they're doing with their hands, how they're positioned, and yeah, th- that's where my eye goes. And 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 the thing is, most people who are starting out in photography, that's the last thing they think of. The the hands are an afterthought. Yes, absolutely. And this is the thing that if you spend just a little bit of time finessing that, learning a few little go-to hacks for the hands, mm. it can make the difference between your photos looking like, you know, a newbie to mm. your photos looking slick and professional and polished. It's that It's literally, It's that extra 1%. That's all it is, is at the end of the pose, you, you, at the end of the setting up the shot, just going, your eye going to that place. And it comes with practice, I know, because... The, It's overwhelming. There's so many things to remember, Val, Mm. when you're starting out. Like you're worrying about the exposure. Is your light right? Is the lens right? Is Mm. the shot in focus? All these things. Mm. Of course, you're going to forget the hands. But if if it's just like somewhere in the back of your mind that to remember these things, and because maybe we've talked about it today, Mm. hopefully... um, I'm going to list the, um, the 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 posing hand posing scenes, and and hopefully you'll remember them for next time you shoot, and maybe just try and uh, straighten them out. So mm. often, when uh, a model is really nervous, mm. they'll 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 clench their hands, and you're not even going to notice. Oh yes, I notice men like, do that. Men do that a
1: lot. Yes,
2: they'll mm. just make they make fists, yep. and maybe that's just like a they a, watch like too much old, football. Well, no, or may, maybe they're just like, that's not like they're, when they're stressed, their hand will naturally go into a fist position as mm. a protection. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. From when we were cavemen. Okay. You know, you just Caves. never know. Yeah. Um, Or the hands are just hanging in an awkward position. Like they just look awkward because it's like that people don't know what to do with their hands. So they just sort of hang, hang like, you know, awkwardly. They look a bit clumsy. We talked about this particular pose a few podcasts back and it's my um, least favorite. Uh Uh, It's the, the goalie. Or the Ghoulie pose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. And um, do you want to describe what that is, Gina?
2: (laughs) So basically it's, um, and this is a go-to pose for most guys when they're feeling uh, uncomfortable or vulnerable, although most guys don't realize that that's what it means, but it is exactly what it means. So when you put a guy in front of a camera, 90% of them will clutch their um, crown jewels. They,
1: <laughs> well, they like, don't actually clutch their crown jewels. They no, just they
2: clutch. put their hands in front yes. of Yes. Like a soccer goalie does. Yes. No, like soccer players. It's not the goalie that does it. It's the soccer players that do it when they're protecting the goals. <laughs> yeah, as someone's about to, you know, have a penalty shoot because they're protecting the goals, but they're also protecting yep. the goals.
1: <laughs> okay. Hey, see what I did there? Oh, <laughs> I see. Yes. Oh my god, I, 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 It must be some Freudian thing, or some, you know, I. Uh, yeah. Yes, mm.
2: if you feel vulnerable. You, mm. you will protect the thing that you feel, you know. Okay, needs that, protection. Yeah, so that's a classic pose. The other thing that people do is they'll like you. You see, like claw-like hands. Right. They just they just held like the claw. And oh uh, yes, right. Yeah, yeah, or they're Mm. just sort of hanging like an afterthought.
1: Yes, yes. Or one thing that uh, as well is that um, sometimes photographers don't think, for example, um, I had to do a shoot the other day and um, uh, they said, oh, we want to photograph you using your computer because it was to do with a computer um, client. So I thought, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. But because I've been experienced enough, I knew get a manicure. Yeah, good. Because when the photographer came, you know, and the client said, "Oh, you know, we need to shoot her shooting uh, uh, using the computer." The first thing he did was, "Oh my god, really? I didn't know. Have you done? Let me look at your nails." And I said, Mm -hmm. "It's okay, I've done a manicure." So Mm -hmm. sometimes you need to think of those things. Particularly men sometimes forget to think of those things as well because you just don't want a crappy shot with when your your nails are half, your colours half peeled off, and it'll just
2: wreck your shot. Exactly. Mm. exactly and so this is something that maybe you suggest ahead of time yeah. if you're setting up a shoot with someone and just make sure that uh you know they've had the mani uh or and a petty as well and mm-hmm. and they've also like if you there's no grit under the nails mm. not chipped and yeah because that that that'll wreck wreck a shot so make that's that's one thing so with hands what what are some things that you can do with hands just to make them look natural well there's a whole there's a whole lot of things uh that you can do like if if someone's got pockets Mm. it's awesome put your hands in your pockets. so if it's a guy or a girl I always like love people that wear outfits that have pockets or there's uh something that they can hook their hands in it just gives something for the hands to do like and and, or or, or holding on to something um I can be a bit cheesy but sometimes I also uh, like a, a girl Go-to one that I've been using a lot lately is just pretending to be uh, playing with a part of their clothing, like doing a button and undoing a mm. button. That looks great and it looks really natural. Um, also, sometimes if it's just a, like a corporate style of pose, I just get uh, the girls just to bring their hands together. In front of them. Um, the best hack I've got for hands that that uh, one of my mentors, Andy Tavares, taught me was uh, pretend there's a ring on your little finger and just pretend that you, you're twirling that ring. Great. And so, just the, the simple act of doing that, and that can be someone who's sitting down, yes. that can be someone who's standing in front of you. So, what that does, it actually gets the person to bend their arms in front of them. Mm. And so, all Already, that works that's great for the arms because it means that when the arms are bent you're going to naturally have more definition so you're always looking for an excuse to if it's a any limb you want it to be slightly bent because it's going to give it more shape and definition and uh, with girls, the idea is you want to give them more shape to their body and make their waist appear smaller. And the way to do that is like have a gap between the arms and the body. And so if the mm. arms are just hanging flat by the side, like uh, Britney Spears <clears> throat> started throat> doing this about three years ago, Val. What's the, what the hell? Hell was she thinking? <laughs> she, she did this pose. I think she still does it, actually. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look up her her red carpet pose yes. or or when she's on her brag wall is um, hands flat by her side, oh. like a soldier. You know, oh. a soldier how they stand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, how yeah. she stands. Right. That's really uh, weird. It's odd. Yes. That's the Britney. It's a Britney pose that she does it in all her, in all her, um, all her, maybe what she's trying to
1: do is, is maybe subconsciously she thinks she's pressing fat of her arms. In
2: so that it's less fat? She's not a big girl. She's very, quite no, lean at the moment. Yes. She's very, she's very, she's slight in frame. So mm. it doesn't matter with her that she mm. can do that. But like most women, 99% of women, if you do that, what happens is, um, the, the top of your arm will actually bulge mm. okay? and it'll actually look a lot bigger than if uh, you find a reason to bend the arm and uh, like uh, traditional ways women will put their hands on their hips mm. that can look a bit like you're up yourself you pose like that all the time or it's just like <laughs> such a strong uh, strong pose that it's, it's just not for everyone. It's great for some, but it's like you can't use it all the time. So that playing with the ring works really well. And yeah. it's perfect for guys. Good ones. As well, mm. uh, the other thing to remember with hands is um, because if you've got someone with um, their head in their hands for a portrait. Do you mean like have, cu- the, their hands cupping music. their their chin, yeah, hands cupping their chin, mm-hmm. or something like that, which is a classic one. Often, the mistake that people make when they're photographing that is they'll just show the entire back of the hand in the photo. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what tends to happen is the hand looks huge, mm. a lot bigger than it really is. So, which might be okay for a guy, you want him to, to look like he's got manly hands, mm. but like no woman ever wants to be told she's got manly hands. No. So, so
1: the, you can thank Jerry Seinfeld for that. <laughs> the trick. What was that episode? Oh, the one about man hands.
2: <laughs> anyway, the, the trick to that is to uh, try and show the hands slightly side on. Mm. Okay, and that just makes them appear smaller and and like other little tricks uh again uh try and um you know just bend bend the digits uh a little bit uh and it makes them look better. Another really good trick for hands is pretend ask the person that you're photographing, I just want you to pretend you're holding a pen, oh what right. so they <laughs> just hanging by their side yes, yes, ask them to pretend they're holding a pen. And that gives a really, really nice shape to the hand.
1: Yes, I'm doing it now. I see what you mean.
2: Yeah, it looks really good. Mm. And yeah, and then aside from that, uh, again, use the hands in pockets as well. Work mm. really well. And and like, there's like three or four different ways you can hang them off a, a belt loop. You can. This straight into into the jeans. If it's a guy that looks really tough, hang them off the back of the, the pants, or also, or like hands right in pockets mm. as well, side pockets. So so there's lots of little things like that. So generally, I started with the ring trick. Yeah, and everyone. And then I added, like, added a few more go-to poses. So now I've got, like, five or six. And uh, it's probably the first thing that I pose will be the hands. Mm. And then always, like, making sure that, you know, I want to make the hands look smaller for women than I do for men. And so sort of turning them slightly side on always helps. And, again, like, not everyone's got great-looking hands either, Val. Mm. So sometimes I just actually will not have the hands in the in the shot if it's if it's someone who's really struggling because some people it's just enough to get them to look comfortable yeah then got to bring the hands in it's another element so maybe sometimes just like not have hands in the shot at all you don't always have to have hands in the pose yeah sure it's not necessary
1: so apart from you know the number one deadly sin of hands what's the number two deadly sin of posing
2: so the next thing that I go to uh, is the expression.
1: Right. So once you've handled the hands, you look at expression.
2: Th- then I'm focusing on ex- on expression. Um, a great portrait to me has to have connect- – the first thing I look at are the eyes. Are mm. they connected? Is the person really there or is it a glazed over – like distant look not not 100% connected Mm -hmm. and then the next thing I look at is the smile is the smile real or is it fake (laughs) okay and so uh, I can now go through uh like shots and I just like fake 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 real 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 and this is really important about especially today where like you know everyone has to have a profile pic yeah Okay, and it's like people are doing business now based on their social media pages. Yeah, This is the first point of contact that someone's going to have with you these days. Like jo- job interviews face-to-face aren't mm. happening as much. You'll get headhunted off, a, off a, a website now. Yeah, for sure. Social media site, right? So this will be the first time someone meets, meets that other person. So if you're a photographer and you're doing uh, – Like portraits for people's social media pages, which I reckon today is a a good a good amount of work for photographers to be doing that. Like Mm. there'll be a lot more than there was. Mm. If you can be that photographer that knows how to get a genuine and sincere expression out of someone, and it's just like a microsecond. Like you think that people don't notice. Like that person looks great. the The photo's amazing, Mm. but there's something. That your mind you're going to look at and you go, there's something not quite right about this. Mm. It's that because we're trained to recognise these little micro expressions, mm. okay, tiny tiny micro expressions. So you and I want you to all go and have a look now and really look closely at all, at at advertising photos and and have a look. Is the is the smile real or not? And the way you can tell is like when it's a real smile, it's like you'll see. Obviously, the the mouth is in a smile, but go to the eyes, and is there that that is there that light in the eyes? And are the eyes uh, creasing a certain way? Are they creasing up? Because if the smile is fake, you'll have a smile like a the, the mouth is in a smile, yes, not cold, right, cold and dark. There is no light in there, and that's what I'm looking at. And this takes a bit of practice, and it took me a long time. Do you know who the first guy to point this out to me, and I've been shooting for a long time, Val. I Mm. think I've been shooting for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Alan Fletcher is – Photographer yes. and an actor, and he's most well-known for his role in Neighbours. Long, long, um, he's been on the show for maybe 20 years now, I would say. So uh,
1: um, for US listeners, Neighbours is one of Australia's longest-running soap operas, and uh, interestingly, at the la- at the last Oscars when Eddie Redmayne, um, you know, did his thank you speech, uh, one of the two people that he thanked, um, well, one of the people he thanked, was Ellen Fletcher.
2: Yeah, so highly respected actor uh, all over the world, uh, yes. but he's also a really incredibly talented photographer. He's currently in Greece, actually. He's on a break, and I've been, like, so jealous of his Instagram feed.
0: Mm-hmm. He
2: was the f- So I don't think you would have a better. F- he did a lot of actors' headshots mm. uh, in, in in the 90s uh, and, and, and last decade as well. And, like, for an actor to be photographing an actor they have to know what to look for yeah and so I would be I was all about like making them look good with lighting and how they were posed but I never really looked at the eyes and he pointed it out to me and Mm he would we would be looking through shots and he'd be like that smile's fake that's not real that's got something in the eyes and then I really uh, it was from that day that I really honed in on on the eyes and and that's what I notice now. So how do you how do you do that? How do you get that connection in the eyes? Mm. So Ow. well it's it's all about when someone is looking at a camera Whatever they're thinking at the time is the thing that's going to be shown in the eye. So, Val, if you're looking at me, I've done this with you. I know when I've photographed you Mm -hmm. and I will be talking to you and you're engaged and Mm -hmm. connecting with me. And then uh, you might, might, I'll be shooting and then you'll get a text and you'll look down Mm -hmm. and it'll be something has annoyed you. Something's (laughs) gone wrong in the office. Your eyes come up and they're dark. Okay. Right? Right. Well, where'd you go? Because you're still thinking about that problem that you need to solve. Yes. Okay. And so you're worried about that and I've lost the light in your eyes. So it's the photographer's job. It's our job as photographers to try and keep that expression light Mm. and to try and take uh, the the model that you're photographing to a place where they're going to be thinking about great things. Because, again, what you think about is reflected in the eyes. Mm. So what I do is uh, it depends on who I'm photographing. If it's an actor, I will run through a scenario with them So, and I'll take them into imagine stuff so that their eyes soften. So, if it's an actor, hey, uh, imagine you are acting opposite someone that you really love. Who would it be? Where would you be standing? What would be happening? I really go on the fantasy with them, and I'll add to it. And you can see that the the, the light changes, you know, in their eyes, and you get that you get that beautiful expression, you get that warmth. Some models do it naturally. Mm. Some people can just do it. Someone who's maybe a little bit insecure, um, might suffer a little bit of anxiety and is constantly living in their head. You see it. I see it when I'm out and about. If I'm out in a shopping center, I'm constantly looking at people's faces, Val. Mm. You see the people that are just like, they're worried about something and they're obviously running through stuff in their head. So they've got their faces. uh, It's called like posing bitch face. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. That's what their faces look. Like hard, yes. because it reflects what they're thinking, yes, it's not so it, that's our job that's just to get that out of them, and and so if it's someone who's a little bit anxious, like maybe it's a young mom, I, I might say, "Well, you know, tell me about your kids, what is it you, you love about them, or I'll ask, you know, do you have a dog, and like it, no one can talk about their dog and their face not light up foul yes, they're going to soften, yes, so, you know? so whatever it takes. You know, you can ask a guy about his car or football or, you know, whatever it is to soften them.
0: Mm, mm, mm.
2: Yeah, okay, Okay, good. Just to get that expression, soft eyes, beautiful, connected, amazing shot.
1: Yep. Okay. I think it is going to be – I think it's hard for some people to – I think that what you've just explained, people will understand, like I understand it, but um, when you're in the moment – it and you're looking through the camera. It can be hard to know for sure whether you've got that eye connection. If you know what I mean. Uh huh. Yeah. Practice. Yeah, I guess so.
2: It's and up, if in, in doubt, the first time, it's like, hang on, how can I explain this? Mm. Again, it's like when you're trying something new, and the first few times you just—it's too much to take in. Mm. It, but when it when when you get it. You get it and you see it and then you forever can see it. So
1: maybe know? maybe a good idea is, you know, take the shot, take your shots and then start saying, um, so tell me about your dog or whatever and take a whole series of shots and compare and maybe you'll start seeing the difference.
2: Yeah, or this is something, again, that maybe if you've got a friend who's happy to have their portrait taken and experiment and help you experiment, mm. it, Opposite with them and, and doing the experiment, okay, I want you to think about, um, you know, drowning in mud. Or something. <laughs> okay. Or, you know, just just give them something really hideous to think about. Mm-hmm. Someone you don't like, or a situation that you, that was like not pleasant. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Mm. Running out of Nutella,
1: but tell them to keep smiling. Just think about but that. Keep smiling,
2: but think about that. Yes. And Then I want you to then do the exercise. So maybe do do it at like do it at like just let them think on their own. Yes. Give them something awful to think about, and then give them something nice, and see if you can spot the difference. Yes.
1: Okay. But but just make them make sure they're smiling. That they, they think they they know that they're meant to smile the whole time because the the difference that you're looking at is in the eyes. All exactly. right, great. What's what's deadly sin number three?
2: Okay, deadly sin number three: the awkward pose. Right, awkward pose. So awkward posing. Um, so often. If you're the kind of photographer that's not going to give a lot of direction and you leave the model to their own devices, mm. they might do something a bit awkward. So like revert to the goalie pose mm. or, or pose in a way that they think is the best way. Or
1: yes, like what they it. imagine it is magazines, yes.
2: You know, like you see the young girls always uh, put one 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 arm up on their mm. hip both them, because that's what they see everyone else doing. But it's mm. done um, not with a lot of confidence. Mm. And so, it, again, awkward, awkward looking. So, mm. um, and if someone has real, again, low self-esteem, really hard, to direct these people because they're not listening they're in their head worrying about well but how's that going to look and so they're over correcting and 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 it's really difficult so Val this comes down to um it's not at this time it's not about the posing I think it's about the connecting with the person that you're photographing Mm. so taking a little bit more time Mm to make them feel comfortable mm-hmm. is going to be uh, so valuable. Down the end, you're going to get a better shot if you just take a, like a few more minutes just to relax them and get them connected. Yeah. So, you know, again, I like a little bit of banter. Yeah. If I, that's going to be the case, just some nice banter that's not threatening that, that you can connect with them. You know, I like to ask them maybe about hobbies or, you don't want to bombard them with heaps and heaps of questions, hmm. but just stuff that's going to make them feel comfortable. Yes. Yeah. You know? And also
1: I think the, in the, this day and age of digital photography, it's um, it doesn't matter if you waste shots in a sense because, you know, in the days of film, you, I think the, the hack there was shoot, a, shoot with no film
2: for, you know, um, until they warmed up. Yeah. 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 That's a great, that's a great trick. Well, so, but you can do this, you can do that as well with digital, mm. you know, or, or like some photographers just say, um, I'm actually, uh, I'm not shooting you at the moment. I'm just t- t- testing my light. Mm. If they see that someone's really nervous and sometimes you can get some really good shots then because they're <laughs> relaxed. They don't think they're being photographed. Yeah. So, so that's a really good, good trick. But I think the, the, the best thing to do once you've got them and you've had some conversation and and you've kind of relaxed them is to give really clear directions when you're posing them and mm. to uh, have some go-to poses that you absolutely know for sure work. So So, some, so two or three that you know that no matter who you photograph, these are going to work. And for me, I know that leaning someone up against a wall works every time. Mm. It's, it's a great pose and anyone, everyone looks great doing that. So uh, leaning on something, leaning over something looks great as well, mm. okay? Uh, the other thing uh, to do is make sure that your direction is really clear. So when you're directing, it's using visual rather than verbal cues.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Yeah. Okay, so rather than saying, please turn to the left, please Mm -hmm. turn to the right, you're going to confuse people because no one – is it my right or your right? Yeah. So instead, you might have um, – there might be a window to their left, and you want them to turn left, you say, please turn to the window. Okay, and there might be a, a blue wall to the right. Can you please turn your face to the blue wall? Yep. No confusion that way. So really clear uh, directions. And the best way to avoid the awkward pose is uh, show, don't tell. So get in there and do the pose. Oh, yeah. Copy it.
1: Yep. Don't be afraid to model it. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. All right? Mm. Winner. The next one, Val. Uh, fourth deadly sin yeah the fourth deadly sin background choice so yeah um, often there's just like might be too much detail in the background and that's competing with the portrait itself Mm. so you don't know where to look there's just so much going on Mm. Or it might be that, like, the, the, the most common one, I've done this, I did this on my first uh, paid editorial shoot. I had a pole growing out of the back of someone's head because <laughs> it's like I didn't even see it. I was <laughs> so focused on everything else. Really, really common mistake to make. Yeah. And, or just a poor choice in background in that it doesn't go. With, yeah, the colours. Doing. Have you seen that before, Val? Mm. Yeah, I've, Absolutely. It happens a lot. So really, uh, focusing on 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 good backgrounds, maybe shooting at a shallow depth of field really helps that, and it gets rid of a lot of the the background. And choose choose backgrounds that are going to complement your portrait. Yeah, great. Mm. So next one. Yes, fifth deadly sin. Fifth deadly sin: poor focus.
1: <laughs> and we did a whole episode well, on how to get sharp.
2: T- Sorry. I didn't put that in just for you.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did a whole episode on how to get you know tack sharp focus on your images, so do look at the uh, back catalogue for that. But yes, this is an issue, isn't it?
2: Yes. Yeah, so and and very very common. And I, I've said that like I, I miss a lot of the I missed I used to miss a lot of focus on the eyes. Uh, just people focusing in the wrong direction. So always in a portrait you need to have the the focus on the eyes so you just got to be really careful make sure you've really locked onto the eyes watch for your depth of field when you're shooting so if you're shooting um more than one person uh the the and you lock on the one person and someone's slightly back you're going to have the second person is going to be out of focus so you're going to have to have a, um, uh, a longer depth of field so that you get uh, your sharpness all the way back to everyone in the group. So that's something that you need to watch out for.
1: So make sure you change your aperture so that everyone's in Change your expected. aperture
2: so you've got more things in focus. So yeah, whenever you're doing a, a big group. And then also like the really fast lenses are great, but shooting in an aperture of like 1.2, 1.4, 1.6, if you've got someone sort of slightly three quarter, and you focus on the front eye, the back eye is going to be out of focus. Now, mm. this is a like a style thing. Some people don't mind it. There's uh, people that are old school that think both eyes should be in focus. Uh, you know, it's something to think about. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't mind if 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 then if only one of them is.
2: I don't mind either, as long <laughs> as one of them is and both are,
1: I guess. Depends what it's for, again. Depends yes, what it's again. for.
2: Again, yes.
1: Okay. All right. Sixth deadly sin.
2: All right. So poor lighting, Val. Um, so the big one is uh, no catch lights in the eyes can make a portrait look really, like the eyes look really dark. Like yeah evil there's no life in there so um and 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 often people will forget to to put light in the eyes overlighting and underlighting are right. also issues so that the the shot's too bright mm. or it's not bright enough they they haven't lit it well enough um you've got to be also careful to avoid shooting in uh dappled light so mm. a tree somewhere where there might be uh bits of sunlight uh, it can look all right on the day, but then when you look at your shot, it's just the contrast is too high. And I've done—I remember early on getting commissioned to do a family portrait, doing it on the have the loved it, thought it was amazing. Got the shots back. Oh my god! Oh no! It's quite too contrasty. It was terrible. Oh no! Looked like a Dalmatian threw up all over them. Oh. <laughs> the spots. <laughs> Oh, God, okay. It's terrible. So, yeah, I learned my lesson there. I always look for really clean light. A good little trick, I just sort of go around with my hand, mm. hold my hand, my palm up, and look for like spots where it's just clean light, no, no spots of highlight or shadow, just mm. one even tone is what you're looking for to avoid that. Um, and backlighting, blowing out highlights, I've also done this, you know, and, and that's, again, another thing. Uh, deadly sin. To overcome all that, I think just look for um, really soft lighting, particularly when you're starting out. Soft Mm. lighting is just so much easier to control. Mm. Uh, If you're using artificial light, use a really big modifier. So maybe start with a large umbrella or soft boxes, give you big Beautiful light. Um, always look for the good light. Look for soft light. And um, if you don't want to use artificial light, then maybe try and introduce a reflector so you get the nice uh, catch lights mm. in the just to bring a bit more um, light.
1: You know what's. Um... One thing that I always wonder, if you can just cover these quickly, is because sometimes people are, photographers are asked to do a series of corporate headshots and um, they, you know, have to go to a bank or whatever and do, I don't know, 30 whatever in a day. But they don't have the option to go outside or to find a great location. They have no choice but to shoot within that fluorescent lit building because of time reasons yeah. or, you know, yep. logistic reasons. So yep. if you are forced for whatever reason to shoot in this, you know, a, an office building, yep. what's your advice on that to, to get the best result in that limited situation?
2: So there's no daylight at all In it's just fluoro? There's no no daylight? Um, well, I
1: suppose there could be daylight you know, at the windows, and I assume then your answer is, well, go yes. to the windows.
2: So the first the first thing I look for in those scenarios is I look for daylight. So if you've got those beautiful frosted windows,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, they're at my back and I set someone up in front of those. It's probably the best light you'll ever get to, right. to shoot someone through. So you can shoot them flat on. So okay. the window is right behind you lighting them. Or if you want to do something moody, you can have them adjacent to the window.
1: And what if there's no frosted windows?
2: So if there's no frosted, windows... but there's window,
1: just plain windows, what... you know, have normal windows.
2: Uh, you can you can cover the windows with some um, uh, like material or do something to diffuse the light. Right. Right? Um, if there's no windows at all and you've just got fluorescent in there, mm. the thing that I do and you can do, you don't have to have um, any special like monoblocks or portable lights. You can do this with a speed light mm-hmm. and a soft box, mm-hmm. like a large soft box uh, with uh, like set up on a pole and then you you can light them uh, that way. Right. Just like one soft box, one big soft box. Yeah. Uh, maybe two would you'd have to light it at shallow depth of field. So you use the I use the fluoros in the background. They go out of focus. Yeah, right. You, know, you can get a pretty decent shot out mm, of that.
1: Okay, thank you.
2: <laughs> All right, no problem. <laughs> Any on doing corporate portraits, Val? No,
1: but I know a lot of people who do, <laughs> I know. and yeah, they complain know, to me. <laughs> Yeah, you know about the the restricted situation that they're in, so I will pass on that advice. But let's uh, move on to the
2: last episode coming up about shot lighting. Okay.
1: Yes. Um. Yep. Let's move on to the seventh deadly sin.
2: Yeah. So the shooting angle, Val. Right. Okay. So picking the right angle, like the thing is, everyone is going to look, like, I'm not going to say that this is the definitive angle, everyone looks amazing, because it's not the case. You need to sort of experiment a bit, like in the 80s and 90s, everyone was shot from above. Yes, what we did. Yes. Now, now if I do that, it looks dated. The shot looks dated. Yeah. And and, and so um, I I try and avoid that. I think that generally kids look better at eye level. You get down to their ground ground level. Mm. Um, Sometimes... Like shooting, yeah, shooting from too high is dated. Sometimes shooting from too low can make people look a lot heavier than they are around the chin. It can accentuate that. So it's just a matter of uh, finding, like, a happy medium that works. For that particular. Yeah. So as a general rule with a portrait, Mm. I try and shoot just slightly above eye level. Right. And if I'm doing a full-length shot, um, I try and shoot at around waist level or a little bit lower. And if I'm doing Mm. uh, some fashion and uh, corporate shots, I might even be a little bit lower than that because that elongates the body. Uh, Shooting from below makes people tend to look a little more powerful. So that's great for CEOs. Uh, you know, that works well as a portrait. So I'll generally lower the camera. I do it for um, sort of dramatic effect when I'm doing a lot of my TV work. If you notice a lot of my cast shots, I'm shooting from a low angle.
1: Mm,
2: mm. With strong lens though, okay? So so just makes them look really powerful, heroic Mm. is the look I'm going for, okay? If I want to make someone look a bit softer and more approachable, I might just raise the camera slightly, just be just, just above them. Right. So they seem more approachable. Right. It's just a little psychology hack there.
1: Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. But can I, can I just backtrack and say, did you say that if you're shooting full length, then you, the photographer, yes. should be about waist high, the about waist high of the person you're shooting?
2: My camera will be about yes. waist high. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay.
2: A lower. Slightly lower. I was trying to work it out actually. It's it's And why is
1: that? Why is that a good angle? It's
2: where my hips are. Okay. Um I just think it's a more flattering angle. Right. I've shot everyone from slightly lower. Yeah, right. Full length for full length. It elongates the body.
1: And are you shooting long? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I always
2: shoot long. Yeah.
1: Always. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, there you go, everyone. Seven deadly sins of posing and how to avoid them. Um, Awesome stuff. Um, Now, uh, what this brings us to? What is hashtag Gina challenge this week, Gina? What do you think?
2: What about this uh, sinner?
1: Why not? <laughs> Hashtag Gina Challenge is sinner, so you can interpret then interpret that however you like, or oh my you God,
2: can warn me if there's going to be stuff that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can we can call it deadly sins. How about that? Hashtag yeah, okay. Gina Challenge is Deadly Sins because then yeah. you could actually choose to do love or lust or greed or whatever, right? So yep. it broadens the scope a little bit. In, we'll be really interested to see what you come up with with Hashtag Gina Challenge. If you're a new listener, every week we have a new challenge so that all of us can practice our photography and we can put something up all to do with a certain theme. And so each week we have a different theme. So obviously this week it's, ha- it's um, Hashtag Gina Challenge is Deadly Sins. Put it up on Instagram with the hashtag and we'll have a look at there. Or um, now I would normally say put it up on our Google Plus page, but we're migrating over to Facebook. So please do search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community. Now there are a couple of other groups called So You Want to Be a Photographer, interestingly enough, but look for the one called So You Want to Be a Photographer." podcast community and join that. If you're um, an earlier doctor, there may not be that many people in it just yet, but don't worry, it will grow and that's where Gina and I will be hanging out for sure. So um, for those of you who are in the Google Plus community, it's, we're not closing it yet, don't worry, but we are slowly migrating over and we hope you do join us because we have got a lot of feedback from people and um, the overwhelming response is that you want to be on Facebook. So um we look forward to seeing you on Facebook. Um, so until we speak again, Gina, what are you up to in the coming week?
2: So I continue the writing saga, continue. Oh, so yes. That's, and And then I've got uh, – Gina's writing her big. fifth book. Uh, it's a big TV shoot coming up uh, in a couple of days, so mm-hmm. excited about that. So yeah, big, big, lots going on. What about you, Val?
1: Well, I've got dogs barking in the background, which means somebody's probably at the door. Um, so I better <laughs> head off and deal with, with all of that and I'll be settling into my new house. Awesome. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, Sorry for the uh, barking interruption at the end, but we look forward to chatting to you next week. Thanks,
2: guys.
0: Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.